Sam Pets Radio, Australia's coolest podcast network. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast hosted by me, Andrew Levins. Today, joined by two beautiful guests. So we've got uh-huh. Joel Zammett, we've got Jackson Bailey, and oh. at no point am I going to be confused by the combination <laughs> of those names. Uh, we are talking about some comic books this episode. Um, Zammett will be mm-hmm. wrapping the episode up today by uh, talking uh, talking about <laughs> Kang. <laughs> um, I will be in the middle talking about um, Fist of the North Star. Ooh. And uh, Jackson, how are we starting this episode off? Uh, we're going to start by talking about my favorite ever uh, Hellboy comic. Well, I, I would say this is probably the best Hellboy comic, which I know is a massive claim because there's fucking tons. But this is... <laughs> I, I think the the best one ever. And I think there's a lot of really interesting reasons for that. But anyway, we'll get into them. So it's a a comic called Hellboy the Corpse. Um, it was... When was it published? 1995, I think. Uh, it's written by Mike Mignola, illustrated by Mike Mignola. Um, and it was originally published as two-page installments in Capital City Advance Comics catalogs. So it was, wasn't initially released as like a full comic or even as like issues of a comic they were just two pages every time and there's an interesting thing uh or like i don't know it's not an interview but it might be like a little paragraph mike mignola wrote about it in a collected work where he's like i i had to make something interesting happen every two pages and he's like and that was such an interesting thing to do because i couldn't just release two pages where there was no climax at the end so every two pages you had to be like oh i can't wait for the next issue of capital city comics or whatever the fuck and so what you end up with is this really engaging like minute to minute page to page comic uh that you kind of can't put down so the basic premise is for whatever reason, Hellboy is in uh, Ireland, I think, and there's a uh, a woman who's like, my baby's a changeling. You gotta help me, Hellboy. It's not my real baby. So Hellboy picks up the baby with some iron tongs, and it turns into a little goblin. And he's like, where's the real baby? And the uh, the goblin or whatever is like, you gotta go to this crossroads, and you'll get your baby back. So Hellboy goes to the crossroads. There's a great bit of paneling. It's like some of the best. Oh, I love it so much. Where at the crossroads it's like the the husband and wife are like oh hellboy that's a place where they hanged prisoners back in the day and hellboy's like oh okay it's, they're like we don't go there but he's like oh gotta go there anyway 
and there's like just some great paneling where he's standing there there's like the bow of a tree over the crossroad it strikes midnight there's all of a sudden a corpse at the like hanging off the tree it strikes another mid like uh, you know there's another strike of the bell or whatever and the corpse points in a direction and he's like oh thanks man and it uh leads him to these other two fairies or whatever and he's like hey i need the baby back and they're like yeah 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 yeah. you can get the baby back but here's the deal this is a an old dead guy and he's got to be given a proper christian burial can you take him to one of three churches and get him a proper christian burial and then hellboy straps this corpse to his back and he has to go through these three churches to find the appropriate one to bury the guy in and it's just this great story and it's got this this great element of just like stuff's not really happening for any reason that you can comprehend <laughs> like hellboy's absolutely playing by the rules of the the fey folk in this story where he's like to get a baby back i need to deliver this corpse to the right church that's like the sequence of events and um i won't spoil it because i think it's really good and it's not a not a very long comic either so it's like absolutely worth reading uh but it's beautifully illustrated it's mike mignola at his best i think um like i said beautifully paneled and it also kicks off like so many other hellboy stories it kicks off so much stuff that happens in the future like it it's all of these early stories i don't know if mike mignola ever like intended it when he wrote them but all of these early stories have this like oh, it's just some stuff happening. And then, you know, miles down the track, you're like, oh, damn, all of that shit was so absolutely relevant to, like, the way this story was going to wrap up. And all of these characters come back, and I think it all comes back in, like, Darkness Calls or something, whatever that late, later issue was. I think, um, I think um, Wild Hunt as well. Um, yeah, absolutely, yes, yeah. true. I think a lot of this kicks off Wild Hunt because the... That guy gets trapped as a little pig man. Yes. <laughs> hey, he's not happy about it. <laughs> and that causes Hellboy a lot of problems. So many of the comics are like that. Hellboy shoots out uh, fucking the Baba Yaga's eyeball because he's mad at her. Causes him a lot of problems down the track. Shouldn't have done that. Um, yeah, so so this kicks off a lot of stuff. Like this was like It's kind of seeped in this deep lore, but it was clearly written because Mike Mignola just had to fill some, some sort of space in uh, a, a sort of magazine he as well initially was like this is the worst comic i've ever read he hated it when he first published it he was like i've what am i doing but it's very slowly become sort of known as one of the the kind of greatest hellboy comics i think ever released is sort of like where it's it's certainly up there it's sort of like a top tier um yeah i think all comic. my favorite hellboy um stories have that road movie quality to mm, them absolutely. where it is just hellboy kind of like just falling into a series of mm events that he needs to find himself out of for sure like there's no real reason why he's anywhere he's just there necessary for the story there's no setup or anything and i think some of the later hellboy comics where it would be hellboy in the bprd and it would sort of start off with hellboy we need you to go and investigate the woods or whatever lost a little bit of that because it, he wasn't just doing that kind of traveling wandering um monster hunter kind of thing that but yeah, the, 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 the early the, comics have yeah the final hellboy story hellboy in hell totally mm. returns to that style of oh, storytelling like, absolutely I, I think it's, like, it's you know, incredible it's yeah. like yeah the, the road movie except the road he's traveling down is hell absolutely um, and God, it, it's but it's, like, it's it's great as well because it's like it's like an evolution of that one that traveling guy kind of thing because i don't know there's just like there's so much extra weight to it he's finished his adventuring life on earth 
and now he's in hell, but he's found himself in the same sort of situation. It's kind of like a great loop, but this version of the cycle has all of this extra context, which I really love. Hellboy in Hell, when I first read it, I really didn't like it, but on a reread, I was like, oh, damn, this, like, I was so stupid the first time around. (laughs) This this is incredible. Uh, There's a new comic coming out. You're going to convince me to read it all again. Oh, dude. Every single time. Every single time I start reading it, I'm like, well, back to the beginning. Time to do it again. The thing time is, do I don't again. like the beginning of Hellboy. I should probably I should, oh, I no, skip I, that, I, that first story. I, I absolutely know what you mean. Like, those kind of really early ones, like the... It's like a lot of him going into a castle and fighting a mm. Nazi, and it's a bit tongue-in-cheek and a little bit silly or something. He's, too, he's way too quippy, and I feel like yeah. the, movie, the movie only read that and was like, cool, Hellboy's That's a quipster. Hellboy. Mm, yeah. 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 Every time Jackie, like, Hellboy, I'm like, it sounds so good, and I, I do the same thing, where I'm like, all right, I'll start, and I'm, I don't know why in my brain I'm like, I gotta start from the start, and I think I've mm. read that, like, first few, like, issues or, like, chapters of, like, the, the yeah, which, first, which like, Mignola start didn't even write. Yeah, um, yeah. the art, it was... Really? Right, and the story was scripted by, uh, he's a very famous 80s DC writer who wrote uh, a bunch of... Um, da- uh, John uh, Byrne. John Byrne. Yeah, John Byrne. John oh. Byrne. He, he did the script. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, but, but, and the kind of unfortunate thing as well, though, is that a lot of the... Like, not a lot, but definitely some of the lore of those early Hellboy comics does get folded into it sort of, like, <laughs> down the track. So you're like... It's good to read it once. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And have no. the context later on. Like, when... Um, What's his name? The guy who's just ahead with gorillas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the cry gaff yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he turns up later in like a BPRD story, so you could be like, oh, there he is. That's what happened to him. Okay. <laughs> or like the... Uh, I forget what it is. I think there's one of the latest stories where they bump into Lobster Johnson on... It's like the ghost of Lobster Johnson on a hill. And they... I don't know. Anyway. So the, 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 the Mignola that, universe, yeah. it's <clears throat> also like just filthily connected within itself that reading everything gives you so much more depth to it but you also don't you never have to you know mm. what i mean but like man reading all of the uh, uh sir edward gray rich finder comics and then when hellboy arrives in hell and meets the witch finder and he's like yeah i got sent to hell and then torn apart and then little goblins sewed me back together so this is what i look like now and you're like how? When did that happen? What <laughs> happened to you, Sir Edward Gray? Jesus. Although I think there's a comic coming out uh, being released within like maybe a month or so. That's mm. Sir Edward Gray uh, uh, Archeron or something, which is explaining that. So I'm excited oh. for that as well. <laughs> How I yeah, got right, sewn cool. back together yeah. by little goblins. Yeah, well, that's it's just such an... Absolute, finally! Like, we finally find out how! <laughs> like the most recent issue of Sir Edward Gray, and I'll talk about that at some point as well, because my absolute favorite Mignola comic ever is Sir Edward Gray Mysteries of Unland. I love oh, that. See, I haven't read that, so I, I'll, oh, I'll, I'll read that on your recommendation. And did Mignola it's... write that, or is it one of the ones that like, he's like... Great question. I don't know. I uh, You I'm don't sure. know who wrote your favorite comic. I know, yeah. <laughs> what am I doing? Just skip all um, the credits and just go to the meat of the uh, book. Yeah, That's what yeah. we do here. i got no time to quickly glance at an, an author or writer. No, it's, it's, it's not written by Mignola. It's written by Kim Newman and Maura McHugh. But yeah, right. It, They're not familiar to me at all. I, I don't know what else they've written either. But, like, it's just such a great story. I've got so much time for it. It's beautifully illustrated. Wonderful. But I find that there's this weird with the Sir... And I love the Sir Edward Grey Witchfinder comics as well. They're these stories of this occult Victorian detective in the Hellboy universe or whatever. Um, but they they start off quite good. Then you get the uh, one that's kind of like less great. That's kind of like just like a throwback to... You know what a comic is? Like a love letter to a specific genre. And you're like, that's great. But like, it's not 
within the context of this character, it feels kind of out of place. So the second one is like a love letter to the Western for some reason, <laughs> like a, to old Western comics. And you're like, oh, that's fine, but weird. Um, then you have On Land, and then it's kind of diminishing returns. And the most recent one was pretty disappointing. All throughout all of the Witchfinder comics, they're like, hey, he was the Queen's official occult detective until the real identity of the Jack the Ripper was revealed or whatever. <laughs> and every comic is like that. And you're like, fucking hell, what's the what's that going to be? Uh, but they made that comic and it was very disappointing. The answer is some guy. <laughs> so who cares? But yeah, so, so for that to be the last place you see uh, Edward Gray and then the next place to be in hell in Hellboy in Hell is a shock. Um, but yes, look, uh, Hellboy the Corpse, it's just, it's, I can read that again and again and again. I, it's the kind of comic I can read once finish and then literally just go back to the start and read again because I, I got that much time for it hmm. uh, maybe maybe a good a good first hellboy story for people to read oh, I, I would absolutely say it's a great introduction because you don't need to know much you just need to you get everything you get kind of the best of hellboy in it like you said you get that kind of like traveling hellboy you get the uh, there's a, a, a quote by Mike Mignola that I really love where he says that every good kind of mystery or supernatural story needs to be a little bit like make not a uh, little bit make not sense. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't yeah, have said yeah, it more yeah. perfectly. Couldn't have said it more clearly. <laughs> um, but it needs to be like a little bit inscrutable, and this has that element as well, where it's like to get the baby back, you got to bring this guy to a church. That's it. And then like each church doesn't want him, and that's sort of he's, he's got to do it before dawn for no real reason. That's just the the rules of the okay. universe. You know, what it's I just mean? like yeah, you just have to do this thing because this you've been is how told. it works. You have okay. to do this thing because you have to do this thing. And that's how you'll get the baby back. Mm. And then he, he'll go to a church and he'll be like, right, let's try and bury you here. And then the, you know, statues in the church will come to life and be like, no room, no room. And he's like, all right, we're not going there. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think they want you. Uh, and you also have that. You have like, cause Hellboy has this great dialogue with the corpse on his back where, He's just very like again like like good Hellboy comic. He's conversational. It's funny without being quippy. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know if it does hook you, it sets up so much stuff for for later comics that are makes them all the richer for reading. Um, mm. I think so. Yeah, look as a, a big Mignola fanboy and a big Hellboy universe fanboy, I, I love it. Read Hellboy the Corpse. Um, you can it's in a lot of collected works as well, which is good. It's like the kind of comic that just turns up in. Uh, Hellboy collections. Um, but yeah, they, also, they released a collected version of it for twenty five cents before the first Hellboy movie came out. Well, there you go. If you can find that, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I dare say it's worth a lot more than twenty five cents now. <laughs> <laughs> but if you can find it for twenty five cents, holy shit! Um, <laughs> yeah. So look, I, I really recommend that and read Mysteries of Unland as well because that comics. Yeah, I will, man. Awesome. That's good. I, I, if, mm. if you are reading all the, like, hearing all these great recommendations, and like, mm. you know, the, the the thought of reading all of the Hellboy universe is something that um, appeals to you, um, the best way to do it from a cost-effective point of view is through Dark Horse Digital. They do amazing sales, usually around the time of their like anniversary, which I think may have mm. just passed recently. But don't worry, guys, because very soon they do, I think, sixty percent off their entire catalog around the time of like the Black Friday and Cyber Monday That's sales probably. in November. Yeah. Um, and they, the Dark Horse Digital does a thing that no other digital um, publishers do where they bundle a bunch of trades or, or issues mm. together and you can buy them for a reduced rate already and then you can stack the discount on top of that. So oh, you that's can, great. 
Hmm. You can read. It's pretty achievable to, to you know, for obviously you're still paying quite a lot of money to read everything. But yeah, yeah. It, it'd be a damn damn big discount on trying to buy it all physically or at a non-reduced digital price. So, Well, uh, I think one of the benefits of the, the Hellboy universe is that, like, obviously there's Hellboy and there's the Hellboy comics, but then you also have the BPRD comics. You also have mm-hmm. Witchfinder. You also have Lobster Johnson. So you can kind of pick a section of the universe to spend some time in to like get a feel for it instead of you know instead of being like i'm gonna buy all of hellboy mm. being like well i'm just gonna start with Witchfinder and read my way through that and mm. see if i like it or i'm gonna start my way with you know depending if you're more interested in a victorian occult detective or a sort of like deranged 1940s pulp superhero <laughs> whatever you're looking for um you, you can kind of find it um, also, hey, if you want more Magnola stuff, goddamn read uh, 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 Baltimore because that's fucking good too. It's not Hellboy, but oh man, and that's, that's is, that a, is that an anthology or no? It's it's a no. It's a, it's sort of like a complete other universe about a guy. It's it's incredible. It's again probably save it for another written. episode, Jack. Is yeah. this the oh, Joe Gollum one? Yeah, same as the I, Joe Gollum universe. Okay, I read yeah. some Joe Gollum stuff. Mm. Okay, cool. Mm. I love Joe Gollum. Anyway, I love it. Read Hellboy the Corpse. It's great. I'm going to read all of Hellboy again now after this episode. As well. <laughs> it's going to happen. I'm going back. I'm diving back in. Still it. Um, <laughs> stop me. So that's Jack's take on Hellboy the Corpse. Um, and now we're all going to read Hellboy because of his review. So hopefully mm-hmm. everyone else listening is going to as well. <laughs> um, I have been reading a... Well, first of all, I've, I've been churning through... Um, as mentioned last week, I've been showing through the Berserk um, Deluxe Editions. They are still huge, but I get through them at a frightening pace. Um, and uh, today I realized that not only are they like beautifully vinyl bound, but they also come with like a, a ribbon bookmark um, oh. in the middle of them, which is very classy, very good. Also very relieving because I've been, you know, this is like Berserk, you know, medieval fantasy, heaps of demons and occult stuff. And like, it's a pretty gross feeling book yeah. overall. The world is disgusting and, and evil. And uh, I've been using as a bookmark a Polaroid of my family, <laughs> trapping <laughs> trapping my family in the pages uh, of yeah, Berserk. That's terrible. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, don't, don't want that. Don't do that. That's just bad juju. Yeah, that's, just, that's, mm, bad, mm, that's absolutely cursed. Staring the, the, the cold, dead eyes of, uh, of Nosferatu Zod. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just dead in the eyes. So, yeah, I'm very, very relieved to know that there's a, a built-in bookmark uh, in these in these collections, um, but I gave myself a small break from Berserk because uh, I got a package from Viz Media, and in it was the latest hardcover collection of a legendary manga series uh, from the eighties called Fist of the North Star. Have oh, you guys yeah. heard of this enormous franchise? I, I, I have I heard have. of it. Yeah, yeah. I don't Weirdly, know anything yeah. about it, but the name is familiar. Yeah, um, I think back when I like you know, would have been like the early '90s or whatever. I think when my brother was just like, you know, liking manga and that, that kind of stuff. I remember seeing maybe trailers for like a Fist of the North Star manga. Yep, uh, on some of like those like early uh, like Akira kind of like VHS. <laughs> Yes, for sure. So this is um, it, it. It came out um, in originally in 1983, and mm-hmm. uh, was published from then until 1988. Uh, there are 245 issues, uh, and this collection collects the first 13 of them. Oh. Um, it, it is set uh, in a post-apocalyptic Earth. Um, oh yeah, because at some point in the 90s there was a big post-apocalyptic event and a big nuclear war, um, and so we have one of the lone survivors of that, um, Kenshiro. Um, and he is someone who has been studying a deadly martial art 
uh, called Hakotu, Sh- Hakotu Shinken, mm-hmm. um, which gives him the ability to kill his opponents by striking their secret vital points. Um, oh. And oh. this means that... He- so, it's, it's, it's kind of like Mad Max, um, where there are like... There's, you know, fuck all water mm-hmm. and food left in the world anymore. And he quickly like gets this guy... Can, can we introduce him getting thrown into a prison cell and then um, befriending like a, a, like a gross kid? Um, and the kid oh, and him yeah. kind of team up um, to like break out of the jail cell and uh, fight a bunch of gangs. And mm. uh, it is one of those like you know things where like you see you get introduced to like all these violent gang ma- gang members. Um, the main gang they're all represented by different um, suits of cards. So there's like the king of oh, yeah. crowns, the king of clubs, king of spades, cool. and they have like a spades tattoo on their face and then like a big axe or a big chain that they kill everyone with. And so you see them like do heinous, a bunch of heinous shit to like the, the locals that are just doing what they can to survive, kill a bunch of old people just for laughs, steal yeah. all the women. Um, and then Ken rocks up and will like touch them on like very, like block their, block their weapons and then yeah. like touch them three times on their forehead and then be like, you have three seconds to live. I wonder how, <laughs> how will you spend them? And then their head explodes. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's so Um, funny. It is a phenomenally stupid uh, story, and I am enjoying the hell out of it. Um, But yeah, because he he has on his um, on his chest, he has these scars, and you learn that someone who so the yin to his yang, um, he they both studied different types of this martial art. One of them is like. The one that Ken wants, and his 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 polar opposite, his rival who stole his girlfriend. Um, um, he's the only person that can take that can, like that Ken's um, martial arts is useless against, and so he, so his rival is the one who gave him these these scars, and he gave him these scars by like basically poking his finger into his chest a bunch of times, and so <laughs> it looks like the Southern Cross kind of like <laughs> he has like a, a constellation of That's stars really on his chest. So this is uh, written by uh, Buronson Buronson. And uh, art by Tetsuo Hara. And uh, yeah, this is like one of the biggest media franchises in the world, um, like in history. Uh, like it may make like millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. Do you ever like, there's a, one of my favorite Wikipedia pages is like the list of highest grossing media franchises. Um, Ooh, no, I've never been there. You, my favorite could, Wikipedia page is list of Pepsi variations. Oh, very good. <laughs> <laughs> I love that page. Do you reckon how many of the top five media franchises do you think you could guess? I I reckon I couldn't. <laughs> could you guess the one Ooh. that has made over a hundred and five billion dollars? Hmm. Because I was thinking in my head, I'm like, oh yeah, maybe like go to movies like Avatar, mm. but I'm like, no, 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 no. That was like a one film. We're talking yeah. like franchises. Like, uh, Simpsons has got to be up there, right? Um, Surely. Question. Yeah. Simpsons is does it, uh, not in the top twenty. Surely, <laughs> Star Wars. Surely. Yeah. Um. Uh, yes, yeah, Star Wars definitely is. Just to give like, you an idea, Simpsons has made fifteen a paltry. Fifteen billion dollars. Only fifteen. Nothing. Nothing. Can you think of the franchise that has made one hundred and five billion dollars? I'm thinking like yes, got to be like Star Wars, Star Trek. So Star Wars has made sixty-eight, almost the magical sixty-nine billion. Yeah, Uh, that was Star Wars. It's the fifth, the fifth biggest media franchise in history. Um, above it, we have Mickey Mouse and Friends. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, okay, sure. yeah, yeah, Winnie, yeah, yeah. Winnie, not Disney, just Mickey Mouse. Like if you if oh, you okay. count Disney, uh-huh. Disney's everything. Uh, yeah. Winnie the Pooh is above that. With they, they, each of those oh, has 80.3 oh, billion. 
Um, the top two are both Japanese franchises. One of them only exists to and always has existed to make merchandise first and foremost. Yeah. Do you know who that is? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, 1974. Yeah. Oh, so I think it's like Transformers. Yeah. No, they're, they're a bit lower down. Hello Kitty. Oh, Hello Kitty. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. And number one from 1996 onwards. Does that does 1996 trigger anything? Pokemon? Is it Pokemon? Yes, it's Pokemon. Pokemon's the highest really? earning media franchise of all time. Good for you, Pokemon. Wow. Um, That's crazy. I No, I mean, I guess like it had that <sighs> period of time in the 90s where like yeah. kids were like eating their own shit of a Pokemon, you know, like... <laughs> Everyone was pissing their damn pants because of Pikachu. That that's fair. And I kind of get it. Like you know, looking at Disney, we got like a black and white rat, but the nineties we got like an electric rat, yeah, and that's pretty that's nice. True. You know, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So to yeah. give you an idea of how popular Fist of the North Star is, like obviously it's not in that top five, mm. but mm. Um, uh, I mean, like it's so crazy. Just like yeah, like so from the Simpsons down, it goes Simpsons fifteen point six billion. Above it is like Dora the Explorer and Peanuts. You know, huh. Peanuts has been around since nineteen fifty yeah. mm-hmm. to sense. earn sixteen billion. Yu-Gi-Oh is above is above <laughs> Peanuts, which is very funny <laughs> to me. Um, but below the Simpsons, we have face. the Lion King, Super Sentai, so Power Rangers, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Dungeon Fighter Online. I have no idea what that is. It's a South Korean oh. thing. Uh, <laughs> Pac Man, Avengers. Uh, Looney Tunes, so that they're all the $15 million um, club. Then mm-hmm. below Lo- Looney Tunes on 14.8 is SpongeBob SquarePants. Um, yeah. And uh, earning the same amount as SpongeBob SquarePants is Fist of the North Star. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, How come we don't have Fist of the North Star memes? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <It's> bullshit. <laughs> because the bulk of their earnings, uh, $14.7 billion of their $14.8 billion earnings, come from pachinko sales. <laughs> Pachinko is like a, a crazy <laughs> Japanese gambling machine. That's awesome. That's How do we so get like, into the gambling se- How do we yeah. make a gambling machine? Sans pants Pachinko. Pachinko, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, because of their, like, and what's great is like, you know, James Bond, uh, uh, you know, famous gambler mm. uh, in, in, in as a character. But uh, because of actual gambling licensed by Fist of the North Star, Fist of the North Star's made more money, uh, point, point 0.6 billion more money than uh, than James Damn. Bond has as huh. a franchise. Huh. That's crazy. That's yeah, I guess we've got to get into gambling. All yeah, right. I suppose so, so. Okay, all right, we'll look into it. So, uh, yeah, the, the, this first volume, Fist of the North Star, um, it, like I said, it's an absurdly hilarious uh, story with wonderful, uh, gory art um, in a way that, like, 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 Berserk is, like, incredible artwork that's also very gory but is like makes you feel queasy but is yeah. also like tremendous art um like it's mm. you know this is the kind of thing that you could see blown up on canvases or like mm. on like a on like a fucking cave <laughs> you know it's like there's something very like like forever about the bizarre artwork yeah. this art this is like just hilarious like all of the art in fist of the north star is like while totally like talented and and, mm. and well structured. There's just something so funny, like a really really violent GI Joe. This definitely oh, yeah. is the the manga that that um that inspired um JoJo's Bizarre Adventure as well. Yeah, okay. And this first volume is just like yeah, like a, it's a awesome colored uh hardcover mm. collection. Um, like the, the the cover sorry is is colored. The most of it is uh in, in most of the interiors are black and white, but occasionally you'll get a few pages that have this excellent. Uh, red oh, nice. tint to them, um, and you better believe that red tint is used for blood or sunsets. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I love um, that kind of highlighting. So yeah, I'll be like, and it's also like because of how like simple the premise of it is. Um, you know, just like a, a, a very good martial arts guy 
you know, walks from one destination to another, killing all the bad Fighting people the in bad his path. Guys, yeah. Um, it's the kind of thing that I can read. I can read. I think they're releasing like maybe like three or four volumes of this a year, and I don't really need to like do like a like oh quick I've got to read the first volume again so I can remember what the fuck happened. It's yeah. like oh yeah yeah he just like put his hand probably, in a bunch of people's heads yeah, and they exploded. The same thing that hap- is <laughs> yeah. going to happen is what happened previously. Yeah, mm-hmm. I he, he's I notice he's just literally dressed like Mad Max as well. That's great. Yeah, totally. Very road warrior. Like, but it, like isn't it like oh, that, that picture you showed us before? It looked almost identical. Yes, like, definitely. The, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's good. That's great. Love it. Yeah, yeah. If you love Mad Max and always want to read, you know, there's not there's not much considering how popular Mad Max is as mm. a long running franchise. I wonder if it shows up on yeah, this Wikipedia true, good page. Um, I was on the. No, I, it I doesn't. Moved on to the Pepsi variations wiki. I'm looking at Pepsi <laughs> hot chocolate. <laughs> um, what the fuck? Why is Jum- Jumanji is on this list? What? <laughs> 2.24 billion. That's huh. crazy. That's too much. Good for, for you, Jumanji. Jumanji. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, a lot of board game sales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nah, fun. it's mostly just the movies. Yeah. <laughs> movies, TV. Yeah, no one's right. playing the Jumanji board no, game. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, it was a picture book so originally, right? To Jumanji. Yeah. So, like, yeah, everyone point? gets it being like, oh, sweet, I'm going to go to, like, like get so away from my family Jumanji. and go to the jungle finally. <laughs> oh, I just rolled a dice. Damn it. Monkeys are attacking. What? Oh, yeah. I gotta move my my health tracker. Oh, big whoop! Is Magic the Gathering? It. Where's Magic the Gathering? It's not. Where's Magic huh. the Gathering? Where? I had a Jumanji board game when I was a kid. It had that that little thing in the middle, that little like yeah. dome, and you held a card over it, and it revealed what was on the card, which was kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it was all right. Hmm. Wonder how much like you know R and D went into that, and if they made their money back. Yeah, probably. You can still. Yeah. I mean, if you go into a Target now, there's always a Jumanji board game. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if you can play as Kevin Hart or The Rock, but Bullshit. you should be able to. You should be able to become them. Was there a <laughs> was there a Jumanji like video game tie-in? Surely. Uh, if that not, was... that was a that was a missed opportunity, guys. Yeah. I mean, probably not because it would have been dog shit. But you know, if they had put a little bit of care, yeah, so there, there is, is a, one. There's, a, there's one called Jumanji the video game, but that that tied into. Because like the new, I've never seen the new Jumanjis, and I know yeah. I should rectify that. I know that they're what beloved, you, you know. <laughs> Look, um, me neither. I have not seen them. So but, but because it's not a board game anymore, story. it's a video game. You get put yeah. into a video game. So yeah, there is Jumanji. The, the video game came out in 2019. Are the so, reviews good? They are, according to Steam, mixed. <laughs> <laughs> Ah. <laughs> well, look, my, my review of Fist of the North, North Star, not mixed. I loved it. Mm. It's stupid. It's good fun. And I can see why it is maybe not a many, many billion dollar franchise. But then again, I've not played the pachinko machines. So yeah, well, maybe, maybe that's the key to loving it. <laughs> can, I, can I truly enjoy this series if I haven't lost thousands of my own dollars <laughs> on the pachinko <laughs> machines? Yeah. I don't think so, dude. Yeah, no. Got good experience. Uh, so coming up very soon, we have Zamet uh, talking about Kang. But first, a word from our sponsors. <gasps> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Thanks, Monsters. Thanks, Monsters. Thank you. Last week, Zamet... Took took years off our lives yes. <laughs> as he reviewed yes. two issues of an excellent yes. series. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> how many? Correct. How many Correct. issues of Kang are we are we reviewing today? Uh, look, there are two issues of of, of Kang that are, that are out, and okay. look, I will just I will just curtail it to the one. Okay. Um, that Thanks. that way, because like I know I've been banned to talk about X Men, yeah. and if I and if I if the, the ban is in place, I can't really talk about issue two. So. <laughs> Lucky. That's lucky for so us. It's lucky. it's lucky for everybody, you know? Uh, because there's a, there's a character that pops up in issue two that I'm like, it's X-Men adjacent. Uh, so I, I will I will rate it in and only talk about uh, Kang issue one. So uh, I don't really know much about Kang. Like, a Kang is a very Avengers uh, and Fantastic Four villain. He's the conqueror. Um, he's the he conqueror. and. conquer. He does, and and all I really know about Kang was from like the Loki TV series, and like a quick googling after or before, like you know, hints of what what Kang was going to be, and it's just like, ah, oh, Kang is just some guy that's basically everyone in time. Yeah. Um, he keeps basically going back in time to to, to kind of like, uh, you know, conquer as he as he as, as the moniker is, mm-hmm. um. And then he he's often defeated by often himself, uh, which is always nice. Um, that sounds and, unimaginably yeah. frustrating. <laughs> like if yeah. I was conquering, and then I came up and was like, "Stop conquering!" I would be like, "Motherfucker, I'm you. <laughs> we his, cannot be beefing." <laughs> his son is isn't he, his son is one of the young Avengers. One of like one of Kang's sons well, became a young Avenger. Well, no, one of Kang became one of the young oh, Avengers. Right. That's the problem of Kang. It's Kang never problem. Kang's son. It's Kang. always. It's just Kang. God damn. It. Um, so I, I had no really expectations going into this, and I was I was curious to be like, oh yeah, I wonder what they're trying to do. Because I'm guessing Marvel are being like, look, Kang's coming up as the villain of the new Phase Four, maybe. So uh, I'm guessing they're just doing this to kind of cash in on that, or to kind of like build up the hype, or to kind of like remind uh, whatever they're doing in the Marvel MCU to kind of just make it the same for the comic books as well so people there's, can be like, a, like he, he shows up in a few arcs every year people like mm. people love kang he's like if, if, if anyone was to have like a cult following in <laughs> in marvel kang and and doom they're like the two the two <laughs> sure. beloved uh antagonists so so yeah so uh yeah i highly recommend picking up um yeah kang uh because it, it kang the conqueror because it's, it's a very surprising it's a very good read so um, it's written by colin kelly with art mm-hmm. by jackson lansing 
Mm. And great and covers yeah, so- by Mike Del Mondo, who is my favorite uh, Marvel covers artist. Ah. But yeah, yeah, it's a very interesting dive into just like who I guess Kang is, and it, it kind of goes from the start. Um, and again, you don't have to know anything about a lot of the, I guess, the Avengers or the Fantastic Four, all that kind of other other bullshit. Because again, reading about that after reading this, it was kind of like, okay, they're a bit divergent. Yeah. Okay. So it just seems that not only is it just Kang is a time traveler as everyone, Kang is also. Uh, like, you know, popping between multiple different realities. So it's just like the Iron Lad that was in the Young Avengers, for Mm -hmm. example, it was like Kang the Conqueror went back in time because some bullies were going to, like, slice his fucking throat (laughs) and he stops them. And then Iron Lad's like, fuck this. And then he goes back and then he becomes Iron Lad because he's like, I hate myself in the future. Uh, whereas this keg, the Conqueror, opens up with him recovering after the bullies had already sliced his fucking throat. So, like, oh. Shit's kind of crazy from the word go, you know? It's just like, I don't, I don't know how good the future is if fucking if bullies are slicing your throat. I like mean, it's... they should just give you a swirly, like, you yeah. know, duck you maybe. A future that's swirly. It. Yeah. Yeah, 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 future swirly with a knife in your throat. You're like, yeah. okay, this seems a bit like a This isn't schoolyard yeah. japes. Okay, all right, here we go. Uh, so yeah, out. so it starts off with the future, and again, it, everything like the, the future's like a utopia, but it's boring because nothing like happens. Like yeah, everything okay. is just like oh. whatever, and so no it's just basically a, slit. Yeah, yeah, uh, he's like a sullen team. He's just <laughs> yeah, he's just so grumpy, being like nothing's even good at what I don't even care, and so he becomes like a big old nerd and oh, starts yeah. like researching a lot about history and like about say the Avengers, and so I, I think he's also his ancestors because he's Nathaniel Richard, so I'm guessing his. Um, related somehow to uh, uh, Reed at mm-hmm. some point. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, who knows, maybe he's actually Reed's dad. I don't know, and I want to find out. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so he, he basically uncovers some library that is like all nerd shit about the past. And so he's like, ah, ooh, what could I see about the Avengers? And then when like um, Kang, uh, an older version of Kang, pops up and is like, oi, can't come with me. We're going to rule the world or whatever. And he's like, okay. And so he grabs him, and then he just goes to, like, prehistory, like prehistoric times, and then he's just there, and he gets trained by Kang. And this older Kang is just, like, a bitter piece of shit. (laughs) It's just like, he's like, I'm going to train you up to do what I couldn't do because I keep failing because I'm a big fucking loser. Um and at some point, like he's like starts beating the shit out of like young version of himself, and he keeps getting drunk and being like, "You gotta promise me one thing: don't ever love, don't fucking love." Oh and then like he has this like drunken stupor of like dreams being he's, like I think what's her name like Ramona or something, and yeah. he keeps like, "Ah, my lost love, Ramona." And so young Kang's like, "Ah, shit." <laughs> uh, I think I've made some mistakes. Prehistory with this, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> But then older Kang's like, shut the fuck up. This is what happened. These are my greatest defeats. Learn from it. And so he's just like drilling into the, uh, in, into a younger version, basically all, all his biggest fuck ups, which I'm guessing isn't great for like the psychology, uh, yeah. um, profile of say, um, um, Kang. So he just kind of keeps doing this and yeah, he keeps talking about, you know, uh, you know, a Ravona. And then at one point, 
uh, young king, um, he off he, he chuffs to like some area and he finds like a forgotten tribe of humanity. Like they didn't know existed. Cause this is, this is set in the times of like basically dinosaurs. And it's like, we're training in this section here yeah. and we have a, like a, a, a limited time because the media is coming and it's going to destroy everything. But right now we're going to train. I'm, I'm here to train you up and we're not going to be interrupted. But he finds this, like a lost tribe of humans and he's like, ah, sick. And they're fully accepting of him. They have a dance party. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know if they have like an orgy or not, but they definitely have a, like a big old dance party. Oh, yeah. If this wasn't written by Marvel, they probably would there have would had a sweet orgy, prehistory yeah. orgy. <laughs> tight, tight. Um, but they have this like beautiful dance. He's like, he's having a fun time. He comes back and he's all like, guess what, uh, old man Kang? I've had a fun time. And he's just like, yeah, I've met a lady and I'm in love. And then just Kang loses it and just slaps the shit out of younger version and then goes and murders a whole tribe because he's a oh, piece damn, of shit. Damn. Um, and then, and then Young Kang, of course, who was very sullen about this, is just very much like, well, fuck that. Fuck this piece of shit. I hate this cunt. Fuck him. Yeah. Uh, steals his, like, space armor or his time armor or whatever, and chuffs off into the future and leaves old shit drunk Kang to, uh, die with the media. Uh, and, uh, then he pops up in, like, ancient Egypt, and then he's like, ah, shit, now I gotta fight another version of myself who becomes, like, Ramatut. I think. Yeah. yeah, like a pharaoh at some point. And so he's like, ah, fuck. And and that's where it ends. That's a I, fun premise. I read the, the second issue. Uh, so it's, it's surprising to me that, 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 that you said X-Men because I read the second issue has mm. him, because he's in ancient Egypt, it's him and the Moon Knight, but not mm. Moon Knight, but like the original, oh, like yeah. the gods that inspired current day Moon Knight. Is that yeah, who he's could, fighting? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like the same god, basically. Oh, that's fine. Um, how does the X-Men like the, the factor into myths. that? Oh, well, well, if you kept reading, uh, you'll find out that uh, he's, he's fighting um, Ramatat because he's like, I hate this guy. Ramatat's like, I'm going to fucking kill you. He's like, hey, wait a second. <laughs> you might be killing yourself. And he's like, mm, 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 good point. Mm, good point. And so he kind of like uh, is like, right, instead, I'm going to make you my centurion which i think like another version of kang that pops up in history which is like the scarlet centurion and then it's like ramatut's like right we have to fight apocalypse and so they fight apocalypse Ah. and that's the connection to x-men um but then like all other kind of bullshit happens he falls in love with um moon knight the lady moon knight and um uh he's just like i hate i hate myself kang's a piece of shit how do i destroy him oh i know i'll summon the fantastic fool (laughs) and so kind of he's like basically orchestrating maybe some of kang like older kang's like defeats which is nice but then he's going like right i hate this piece of shit how do i destroy him i know i'll bow down before apocalypse and maybe we'll team up and get rid of him (laughs) it's kind of cool yeah. It's kind of like a fun premise when you have yeah. a character who is everywhere at all times. Mm. I mean, like, I guess it's just, I was going to be like, to have one version of him be like, I've got to stop the other version of me. But I feel like that maybe that happens in Kang comics. Maybe <laughs> Probably a lot, ones. to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I guess because Iron Lad's whole premise, I think, is just like, I don't want to grow up to become a piece of shit. Yeah. Yep. So... I don't know how how well this is going to be, or if it's going to be like a cyclical thing, like if it's going to be just thing where he ends up growing up to be that piece of shit that ends up going back in time Mm. to grab himself and then go to prehistory, which is probably like you know what would happen. I Mm. think is just kind of like you kind of kind of read the tea leaves. You're like, oh yeah, this is probably going to be a cyclical story where it's just like you end up becoming the thing you hate the most. but who knows where this will go, Ed? At least it's fun exploring, like, little bits in, of, 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 like, the Marvel history. It, it is like, funny, uh, isn't it, when, you, yeah. when a comic is like, we're going to go back to prehistory? It makes me think of when Batman got shot with the time gun, and <clears> um, <throat> he went back and 
DC did that fucking garbage. <laughs> <laughs> that was that fun. I of... like that. Well, yeah, the, the time gun part was mm. fun, but like mm. the fact that the amount of ramifications it had yeah. are very annoying. I loved. Was it, was Shut it, up, DC. The, uh, Shut your mouth. Caveman, caveman Batman, that rules. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then that he became pirate Batman. He just went oh, through man. all of the like iconic time period. But mm. then in Dark Knight's Metal, they mm. were like, Oh no, I'm, yeah, that sucks. I, like, I mean, like a long time bat- ago. Or, some shit. Hawkman's a monster man. Don't lump Scott Snyder's mess with with Grant Morrison's Batman uh, is a portal because he touched all the right rocks. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Uh, I I don't know. I just I'm I'm enjoying this version of like yeah, Kang uh, chuffing through time, and it it is very interesting to look at. Like, I wonder how Marvel are going to like, I guess explore their history especially with apocalypse who's already his history's kind of already been explored and ex- you know, extrapolated against like he's got this whole thing where he used to be like the island of Aroka and krakoa uh, and there was like a big fight there between like ameth or whatever and that is before i guess there, all this <laughs> egypt shit that's fair that's fair look I, i've stopped that yeah, that's no. all the time we have yeah. today yeah. Uh, <laughs> but there's, there's also a point where i think apocalypse fights dracula uh um, which cool. was like okay you're back which on. was, <laughs> which was back a, on. A, a, a great series that i really enjoyed back in the day where it was just like clad akbar like hating okay, vampires as soon as you say words that sound made off the mic <laughs> <laughs> they say words that don't sound made up like Dracula. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Apocalypse and Dracula. They're, they're fighting, which is good. And uh, then it was revealed that, like, Blink, um, Claire, Claire Ferguson, was a descendant of Apocalypse for no reason. I don't know why they put that there, but they did. That rules. I love comics sometimes. They're just like, this is a cool story. Let's shoehorn some soap opera bullshit. Yeah, You're yeah. like, why? Okay. So my, my favourite Kang moments that I've read is mm. his rivalry with, with Doom. And at one point... Do, I don't know which I think it was maybe in Matt Fraction's Fantastic Four run, which is is underappreciated. Um, he did FF and Fantastic Four at the same time, and everyone remembers FF because it had the Mike Allred art. Do you remember that? But it ended up Fraction left it, and then Allred finished it with his brother. All right. It's a very very messy time mm. in, in Marvel comics. Huh. But um, <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, in his Fantastic Four run, I think I'm pretty sure if I'm, if I'm right, um, Doom kills Annihilus. And mm-hmm. kills Kang, so he becomes. It's like it's a doom of a different version, killing another, another, another world's annihilist and another world's Kang, and so he becomes Doom, the annihilating conqueror. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. And so it's like just like a mashup of like like three different costumes mm. of like this you know Doom pa- towering over everyone else, and the fans okay. like shoot him in the head or something. Great stuff. Yes. Yeah. See, so see, my, my I guess like uh, uh, knowledge of Kang often comes from. I think it was. Uh, I was like Seth Green and someone else. They did these kind of like, I think it was for Wizard magazine, but where they they did these like little toys, uh, like the like, like prototype robot chicken stuff. Yeah, and it was like all basically comics, but it was with the toys. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, like Toy Fair or something along those lines, right? And basically, Kang was just a big loser that just kept being defeated, and he was like always shocked, like, <laughs> "What do you mean I'm always going to be defeated?" And like him from the past or the future would come in, like, "Yeah, they're just going to like destroy us, dude. It sucks." That's great. And yeah, uh, just like a big comedy of errors of him just tripping over his own feet. There's a great <laughs> Kang storyline in um, Ryan North Squirrel Girl run, Unbeatable <laughs> Squirrel Girl. Have you either of you read that? No, no I haven't. That's a ton of fun. That's, uh, I don't that's read really, a lot really of Marvel comics, I'm realizing. For some reason, mm. even though it most of the time infuriates me, I read a lot of 
for like superheroes. <laughs> I read a lot of DC. But it's just me reading issue after issue, tutting as I'm like, what are you saying, DC? Do you know how uh, uh, Grant Morrison writes? I remember whenever he, whenever Grant writes, um, uh, Damian Wayne, they'll always make him say, like TT, like that's you. That's the same sound you make while reading a DC comic. Reading three jokers, being like, what the fuck? Oh, why did you read that? I don't know, dude. I don't know. I also read three Jokers. Dude, Why so did I do bad. that too? Like, oh, may- maybe they'll introduce a fourth Joker. <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that, wasn't that being planned for like five or eight years or yeah, something? Yeah, we, 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 did this, we did this fucking... on an episode with Dusha. Because Dusha's the DC apologist. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus shit. Fucking it's so bad. Jokers. It's God. terrible. They're all terrible <laughs> comics. <laughs> um, hey, but the comics we talked about today, not terrible comics. Yeah, that's no, true. good. All good. Yeah, check all out. Good. Check them yeah. all out. Go out yeah. there and, get, uh, get and check out Kang, Fist of the mm-hmm. North Star, and uh, Hellboy. Um, the... Uh, you got this. criminal cases, amazing <laughs> criminal cases. <laughs> Hellboy, the corpse, the corpse, cases. the corpse. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, if you want to hear uh, Jackson and Zamet, you can do so on many podcasts on the Sans Pants mm-hmm. Network. Uh, they are Plumbing the Death Star, Base of Speculation, Thumb Cramps, and many others. Um, mm-hmm. All found mm-hmm. at sanspantsradio.com. If you want to chat about comics, you can do so in the Sans Pants Discord in the Serious Issues 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 uh, channel. Um, maybe I'll start saying issues. Issues. Hmm. Serious issues. issues. Serious issues. Um, and uh, we also have a Facebook group, which you can join at facebook.com slash groups slash serious issues. We'd love to see you there talking about comics, not movies. Guy who, who keeps making movie threads. I'm not yeah. going to approve any of them. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. It's not a movie page. <laughs> uh, so thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 